Hello and welcome back to the How I Ripped Off Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast. My name is Chip Thompson and I'm joined as always by MC. That would be me. And this is episode 22 of season 4 of Tomorrow Gason, Searching Part 2. Uh, what happened last time, MC? Yeah, well, Jay is, of course, in an alleyway. Oh, God. In the gutter. Oh, Because uh, of MC's uh, healthy approach to yeah. dealing with anything negative that happens to him. <laughs> Uh, Jay went to the supermarket with his last 10 or 20 quid and got the shit kicked out of him by some youths. The absolute shit kicked out of him because um, he thought that he wasn't suffering enough in the story, clearly. Uh, Jay and Gav have some sort of weird prophecy dream thing, possibly. Jay and Gav? Um, I'm talking about Gav's actual <laughs> spouse. No, uh, Gav and Louise, sorry. Um, well, probably just Gav. What weird <laughs> slash Look, fiction have you I've been writing? <laughs> Don't judge my kinks. <laughs> oh, join MC next week for the first episode of Jaff. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest of the recap will be a disappointment compared to that, so let's just skip it. But yeah, it, it, felt, it felt like the most depressing episode ever last week. Yeah, didn't basically. It? Well, let's get into it then. <laughs> Here we go with Searching Part 2. Previously on Tomorrow Gason. Reaching into his pocket, Jay discovered he had little cash on him. Pulling himself up and brushing off his dirty two-day-old clothes, Jay left the alley and headed toward the high street. Here he found a cash machine. He sighed when the balance was displayed on the screen. A measly £20. Enough to buy food to last him a day or two, but it would be another night in the alley, underneath the stained blanket. A gang of three youths walked towards him. Their hooded heads bowed. As they walked past Jay, they split in two, covering both sides of him. One of them suddenly shouted, Now! The youths attacked Jay, grabbing him from either side and laying in some body shots. Can I help you? The ninja asked behind a sigh. That child has been bellowing for hours now, and it is beginning to give me and my wife a headache. Could you please speak to the parents and ask them to do something about it? No, sorry. Maybe I could if I really cared. Or maybe I could if my friend wasn't fighting for her life in a hospital bed. And maybe if that baby's mother was still alive. Isn't there anything you can give me, mate? I've told you before, Terry. This is out my league. And yours too, for that matter. I bloody well know that, don't I? But it's a friend. She's suffering. And I've got to do what I can. These friends are yours. They're going to end up getting you killed if you're not careful, Terry. You tried to banish me once, child. And it may have worked, but this is my home. I was here long before you. And I will not be pushed out just because you decide so. I have returned. More powerful. The ghost of Mrs. Lansbury, the former owner of the bed and breakfast, lurked in the background, disguising herself in a non-visible form! Amy looked over her father's shoulder as she was carried out of the room, wishing she could warn him about the trouble ahead with their unwanted phantom. Terry's still working on it. We'll find a cure, Gav. MC tried to look reassuring. Also, he said, looking up, I think you should know, I threw Jay out of the house. What? Why? Gav seemed shocked. It's his fault Louise is like this. Okay, I can sort of see where you're coming from, but it's not like Jay did this on purpose. You need to take a break, MC. You look like a wreck. Lives depend on you being on top of your game. I'm fine, it's just... Just what? MC looked down at Amy for a moment. 
and then moved his eyes away from the green ones of his daughter. Nothing. He replied. I want a drink. The man wearing the dirty and torn brown coat and smelling like a dead rat said as he offered over a bottle of cheap whiskey in a brown paper bag. As always, your uh, sensitive betrayal of the homeless. Oh boy. No thanks. Jay replied despite being slightly tempted. Go on, it'll keep you warm. Jay gave in and took the bottle to his lips, swallowing hard and then put in a face like he just swallowed a ton of sherbet. <laughs> I mean, I kind of see, I kind of see where you're going with with that, but sherbet wouldn't be my first choice. Sherbet isn't like whiskey, is it? No, but I mean, like you're sort of making a face, like a, a sort of just like almost like you had a, uh, had something very sour. That sort of like it's a classic teenage chip metaphor. I'm going to try and describe something in a slightly different way. Ah, oh, yes, that I.e., bad. Yeah. Thanks. He passed the bottle back to the homeless man he was sitting next to in the alley. Yeah, no. The man started to say, Not many folks like me will give up a great spot like this. Oh, I'm not homeless. Jay replied. Well, I guess technically I am, but... Hey, I ain't homeless. I'm just without residence. Oh, sorry. How long have you been without residence? Oh, about 15 years now, son. I had a wife and kids before that, but I ain't seen them in years. The man took another swig of his bottle. They get used to the cold after a while. Don't worry. I can recommend some great places to get some blankets. Thanks. Jay didn't smile. I just wish I could be back in my bed at the bed and breakfast with my friends. I wish I could go back to Tokyo when everything was fine and settled and I knew my place. I wish I could be rich again. <laughs> I mean, you can't blame him. No, no. That is definitely a scenario where you would wish to be rich again. (laughs) Then I wouldn't have to worry about drawing my last tenner out just to feed myself tomorrow. I got mugged today. Can you believe that? Do you think Jay should check his privilege a little bit, maybe? This man's been on the streets for 15 years and Jay's like, oh, I was rich once. (laughs) Wish I had my Ferrari still. Oh, you're taking the piss or something. The hobo suddenly screamed. Here we go. Yeah. I've been living on these streets for years. I ain't slept in a bed or had a hot meal in no longer than I care to remember. I can't cry anymore because I shed all my tears when my wife left me and took our kids with her. I weigh about seven stone and ain't getting any heavier. I share my sleep with rats and sewer scum and you've got the nerve to complain about your life. Get lost before I buy you, you ungrateful little bastard. I think Jay had that coming, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I think... Uh, he kind of deserved that little rant. But good, let's heap more misery on Jay anyway. That'll make us all feel better. Jay quickly got to his feet and sprinted out of the alley. The homeless man tried to get to his feet but struggled. All the while, he yelled incoherent obscenities. When he was far enough away and couldn't run any further, Jay pushed his back against the wall of an uninhabited alleyway. The world he was living in right now was becoming scarier than the world with ghosts and ghouls. I guess this is you attempting to portray the plight of the homeless, sort of. <laughs> yeah, I, I worry that I've kind of framed the homeless man as the bad guy there because he's chased Jay away and made him feel bad. <laughs> I guess you can kind of see it both ways, can't yeah, you? Because sure. Jay has been extremely insensitive there, as we made a joke about. I'm glad we did pick yeah, up on that yeah, in the yeah. text. But I mean, I can certainly understand Jay feeling very sorry for himself. And also, like, I'm not sure I'd be eager to go back to the people 
well, one of whom kicked me out. You know, <laughs> like if ever there was a time to make new friends. Yeah, this was probably now. the time. But I mean, it's hard to do when you've got no money. No, and, no, yeah. no, for sure, obviously, yeah. obviously. You're all right there, mate. Terry looked up from his slumped position at the bar of the King's Crown pub. The stress of looking through dozens and dozens of books for a cure that didn't appear to exist was beginning to get to him, so he thought it best to take a break, come down and open up the pub and clear his mind. Yeah, it was kind of one big major thing we omitted from the uh, recap. Mm. Louise is still in a coma. Cheers. <laughs> and on her last legs, apparently. <laughs> what happened to Lav? Whatever the, the name was. What? The clever name. Oh, no. Yeah, Lav for Gavin Louise. Yeah. And then... Um, Jav for Gavin J. So, yeah, what happened? Bad. Just going to cut all that yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> because she was infected with the armour of Fern, or this mysterious conditions that she's picked up, and yep. uh, she, yeah, she's still struggling for her life in a coma, and we forgot about that. <laughs> and, of course, Terry is trying to find a way to heal her mystically mm-hmm. and having a very hard time with it. He is indeed. He asked all of his wizard friends, and nobody knows anything. <laughs> in the magic circle. Yeah. <laughs> it hadn't helped, however... The thought of Louise laying in her hospital bed still ran through his mind, and the therapy of pulling pints was helping. Wait, is it helping or is it not helping? It hadn't helped, however. The therapy of pulling pints was helping. Uh, maybe it didn't help clear his mind, but he's feeling better as a result of doing pints. That. Yes. Yes. Okay, I think that's the best we're going to get, so <laughs> let's go with that. <laughs> the pub was pretty quiet. Only a couple of young men who usually came in to watch the football and drink lots were playing pool. Terry recognised the one speaking to him. Yeah, I'm fine, son. The landlord said in reply. What can I get you? Nothing. I just wondered if you were okay, is all. Oh, thanks, son. This is a bit of a weird pub. <laughs> As Terry's looking through spell books. <laughs> Repeatedly pouring a pint for nobody. <laughs> and crying, but also smiling at the same time. <laughs> Why'd you say that? It's just, last time we were in here, a bunch of people who looked like they were dead tried to get in and we fought them off. James said. <laughs> oh, let's see how Terry's going to explain this one. <laughs> ah, of course, you were in here when those zop- uh, hooligans tried to break in. I don't think I ever thanked you for your help. I'm surprised you came back. Just pass off the zombies as hooligans, and the guy's like, "Yeah, it's all right." Yeah. As a hooligan himself, he's yeah, like, "Oh like, yeah, yeah, I think they were Chelsea." <laughs> <laughs> I like it here. It's quiet, well priced. It's got a pool table. Reckon you need to start selling paninis. <laughs> but apart from that, you're doing good work. Terry smiled at the chubby man. <laughs> of course. Uh, James here, based on a friend of ours, who's yeah. also called James, who used to love a panini. He did a day. Little in-joke there for absolutely no one, except for us. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't the thing with those guys as well, they were banned from every pub in London except this one? Yes. I think that's why they probably come back there. Is it because they just start smashing up the pool table if they don't do paninis? <laughs> Gav and MC hadn't said much to each other. They both just sat silently, looking at Louise. Having a conversation didn't seem like the right thing to do. Not that either of them had much to say, as both their thoughts were one away at the moment. Uh, Were one way? Their thoughts were one way? Were one way at the moment. I guess as in like they're thinking, they're fixated on one thing, like a one way street. Yeah, they're both thinking of Louise. Right. Right. Okay, cool. I mean, Emsley's probably thinking about how much he hates his (laughs) daughter. 
that's the I mean that's always the staple of great literature right is when you have to like have Explain some sort of cryptic clue yeah. to get understand what is happening besides what did you talk about in a hospital was there some form of correct format and structure as to the way you spoke and what about the content <laughs> hospital grammar for dummies <laughs> you got to fill in form A3 if you want to have a chat don't use the letter E <laughs> do you speak about the patient Tell each other everything's going to be okay? Or do you talk about the weather, the price of sausages, and how Mrs. Pritchard from across the street had hung her knickers on the ling in full view of everyone? Why does it go back to the fucking 50s? (laughs) What is happening? That's straight out of, like, old school Coronation Street or something. (laughs) What the f... (laughs) This is really weird. Like, if you had, like... A graph or something like that of like the quality of writing in this it's entire thing. It's just at the thing. bottom the entire time. Well, it, it's weird. It's gone through this kind of loop where it's like just comically, comically bad and yeah. childish. Yeah. To the point where you can see I'm trying, mm. but it's still bad. Mm. And now it's like I'm giving up and it's somehow worse. <laughs> <laughs> MC and Gab never spoke about these things usually as that wasn't their lives. They were demon hunters fighting for good against the barrage of evil. They were the type of men that never relented. The type of men that tragedy had struck both their lives in the form of death due to the mystical and supernatural means. Their lives were both linked together through the love of a friend and a lover. Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be silly. Jay's not MC's friend. That's true. MC looked over at Gav. They'd known each other for nearly a year now and weren't that close. The ninja wouldn't go as far to call Gav a friend, more like an alley. (laughs) (laughs) Well, a famous Victorian alley, or...? (laughs) The ninja wouldn't go as far to call Gav a friend, more like an alley, a brother-in-law figure. He was good people, and MC was more than happy to have him on side, but it was true that they'd never seen eye to eye on every subject. He studied Gav a little harder, then spoke, breaking the silence. Maybe you should go home and get some rest. Or get naps! Gav replied without drawing attention to the fact the eerie silence was gone. Falling in and out of doses! I mean, proper rest. Back at home, in your bed. Oh, bed! Gav didn't take his gaze from Louise. We shared that bed! I wouldn't feel right being in it without her! Besides, what if something happened? I'd be too far away to do anything! Gav, we're not exactly doing anything now. I know that! I know! But it's like, if I'm here... If I don't leave her, then I might finally be able to do something rather than just sit here on my arse, trying not to collapse, you know? He looked at MC, and for the first time, the ninja noticed just how much he loved Louise. All that in one glance. It's really hard to do emotion with Gav's voice. Like, I'm trying to really <laughs> inflect it with some sort of there's, sadness. There's something but... there, there's something there. <laughs> I don't know what it is though, that's the problem. I know. He replied. I do have to go though, as much as I want to stay. It's okay. You need to get back to the B&B. I'll be in touch if... Good. As MC stood to leave, Amy, who had also been silent during the stillness, began to cry again, much like she had been back at the bed and breakfast. Oh yeah, there was a whole thing about Mrs Lansbury coming back and being more powerful. There was. We completely forgot that as well. And we only focused on the, the relationship on <laughs> between Gav and Jay. That's all we, we just wanted to ship them during the, the uh, recap. We forgot all these important plot points on there. Everything is secondary too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Amy has been struggling with the ghostly figure. She's been haunted basically. Yeah, by and Mrs Lansbury. senses it because of her angelic powers or whatever. Yeah, her, her baby Yoda powers as yeah. we're going to call them. <laughs> 
MC looked down at his daughter and wondered if his feelings for her were as plain as Gav's love for Louise. He hoped not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think there's been touch to be hints from like him just blatantly ignoring her for hours as she cries. I think the the biggest clue was when he put a price tag on her at the front of the bed and breakfast <laughs> and with a sign that said baby for sale. Free with a room. <laughs> when it says like free meal, crossed out meal, put in baby. MC looked down at his daughter and wondered if his feelings for her were as plain as Gav's love for Louise. He hoped not. I'll be in touch. MC said, touching Gav on the shoulder before he left with a now screaming Amy. Probably just accidentally leaves her in the maternity ward. <laughs> just finds an empty cot and dumps her in it. <laughs> just goes up to a woman in labour and just puts it in. Save you some time, love. Here you go. Find the IVF treatment. Says, Here you go. No, fuck all that. Don't worry. It's twins. One. one just happens to be like a year bigger. <laughs> the rain was falling hard now. Oh, good. Now Jay's getting rained on. Fantastic. The rain was falling hard now and Jay was soaked from head to toe and from back to front. The only clothes he had on him were the attire he had been wearing when MC had thrown him out. They were dirty, torn and now soaking. Shelter was proving to be difficult to come by and hunger had once again sat in. So Jay was forced to draw his last £10 out of the cash machine he was currently standing at to feed his starving body. He had no idea what he would do to live once this money was spent within a few hours. Going through the routine of pushing in his bank card, followed by typing in his PIN code and selecting balance from the on-screen instructions. I love it when you <laughs> rig- rigorously described how a cash machine works. You know, like when you're writing an essay and you're trying to extend the word count, uh, yeah, yeah. and you put like, do not instead of don't. Yeah. I'm like, right, I'll just vigorously explain how people use cash machines. That'll draw it out a little bit. Don't want any extra plot in there or anything like that. Going through the routine of pushing in his bank card, followed by typing in his PIN code and selecting balance from the on-screen instructions, Jay nearly had a heart attack as he expected to see the display screen read £10, when in fact the number it showed was larger, considerably larger. Thinking he was going mad from hunger, sleep deprivation and being stone cold, Jay pushed the cancel button and the machine returned his card. Ooh. There's been a lot of plot points around bank cards, like with this and chip and stuff. Like, <laughs> what if it is Grant Maloney? It won't be. Like, the crossover would be interesting, but yeah. it won't be. Yeah. He went through the habitual pattern again, and it produced the same results. Jay blinked his eyes and rubbed them in a manic fashion. He hadn't seen that many zeros at his bank account since the days when he was a rich man. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking it might have been a bank error, Jay quickly went to the withdraw option and drew out a four-figure number before his bank figured out what they had done. Isn't there a limit to the cash? Isn't it like two hundred quid yeah. or something. <laughs> if this error was spotted soon, it wouldn't matter. Jay gathered up the bundle of notes the machine produced and swiftly tucked them away in his inside pocket. He would eat well tonight, sleep, and be a hell of a lot drier tonight. It's a good sentence, isn't it? For the first time in a few days, Jay was able to generate a smile. Ooh, is this is this a ploy from a villain? Maybe. It's all a bit mysterious, isn't it? Is it just karma? Jay finally gets something good <laughs> oh, happen to him. Oh, oh if only. Because it's probably, knowing Jay, it's going to be something really bad. Yeah. It's going to be cursed money. Oh, or no. the money's going to eat him. <laughs> or, you know, it's like a monkey paw kind of situation, yeah, maybe. Yeah. It'd be kind of nice if he went back and helped out the homeless man from earlier. That would be nice, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. 
He won't, but no, it would have been a nice thing. You, as a writer, who's already forgotten about the homeless <laughs> man you created. They killed him off off screen. <laughs> the sound emerging from little Amy's lungs had steadily grown and grown until it was an incomprehensible shriek that could be heard for miles away. Wow. <laughs> Christ almighty. <laughs> that is some angel screaming right there. <laughs> MC was hoping that once he had gotten her home, she might calm down, but he had proven the opposite. Ooh, I wonder why. Maybe it's because there's a ghost. Maybe the hospital was haunted as well. <laughs> she just brought more home with her. There's a... You know, we've kind of... We were saying either last week or the week before, maybe, mm. that the season's a bit weird in terms of its structure because there's no sort of... There was bad guys, but they kind of got stopped mostly a bit earlier mm. in the mm. season and then it's just kind of drifted along a little bit. Yeah. And then we've got these little threads like Louise is in a coma. Mm-hmm. Uh and we've got Mrs. Lansbury haunting Amy. Mm-hmm. Jay's homeless, but now mm-hmm. rich again all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And Terry needs to make paninis. Like, there's all these little <laughs> plot threads that are kind of yeah. there. And there's not, we're not really focusing on one. And I don't know if that makes it a bit more interesting or more dull. I, I don't know. Because Grant Malone is the one who cursed the amulet, right? Yes. So whether he is... I don't know. Maybe he did do a thing where he's the villain of both series simultaneously I think I would have remembered that I might be wrong and it would be weird to kind of have him I guess it would be a nice way to bring the series together maybe there's a team up at the end between MC and Chip and stuff like that maybe Tannis is on side with Grant Maloney Mm. like they have all these mutual enemies and they team up that would be really good Mm. fuck I wish I'd written that Um, (laughs) but I don't believe that is the case okay fair enough but still, it would have been way more interesting. So many, like every episode, you or I come up with a theory. And it's like, yeah, that would have been so much better. Uh, we, it's like, you know, Marvel's what if. Yeah. <laughs> what if this was interesting and good? <laughs> MC was hoping that once he had gotten her home, she might calm down. But he had proven the opposite. As he carried her across the reception area of the bed and breakfast, he could see some of the guests standing up in the living area and looking out, wondering what on earth that hellish screeching was. Yeah, because you can hear it from miles around, apparently. (laughs) MC briskly took his offspring away from the crowded area and up the stairs until they reached their own bedroom. He laid her down in a small cot beside his bed, and still Amy cried and cried. MC rubbed his head and stepped back from the cot. He knew pleading to a child wouldn't do any good. Amy was only a few months old and a long way off being able to communicate with human beings. Stepping back, MC nearly tripped over the corner of his bed. As he did, he felt his head become dizzy and full of thoughts and memories. These recollections and rush of feelings made him feel like he was drowning. They converged like one big montage, filling the ninja's skull, causing him to shake his head. The thoughts of his history in Tokyo, losing the woman he loved, bringing a daughter into this world that he struggled to care for, throwing one of his closest friends out onto the street, another dying in the hospital bed, the world coming so close to complete annihilation, trying to run a business. There was a knock on his bedroom door, and all of a sudden, MC's head became clear again. Is this, is this a hint towards MC's stress or anxiety or I something? I wondered if maybe it was um, oh, Mrs Lansbury, yeah. because she possessed um, roots, roots, wasn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, maybe this is a... a Ooh, is this how I'm going to explain away attack? all of his terrible behaviour? That would, that would be quite interesting. Well, it's not going to happen then, is it? Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> there was a knock on his bedroom door, and all of a sudden, MC's head became clear again. Slowly, he opened the door and came face to face with one of the guests who spoke. 
I don't mean to disturb you, Mr. M.C., but it's on the menu it said that supper would be served at 5pm. Uh, it's now 6.30pm. Oh, right, of course. I, I apologise for that. I'll be down right away. M.C. left his room, following the guest down to the dining area, leaving a weeping Amy all alone in the room. Only, she wasn't alone. The ghostly apparition of Mrs. Lansbury now hovered... How? Above on the ceiling, swirling around and around above the cot of Amy. As the howls continued from the cot, Mrs. Lansbury laughed manically as she continued to hover high in the air. <laughs> nice, that was a... You sound like the Green Goblin. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Does it mean Mrs. Lansbury's going to attack Amy or is she just mocking her? I don't know, was, I got a vague feeling there was something about Amy somehow forcing Mrs. Lansbury out temporarily. Yes, when with her uh, Mrs. Powers. Lansbury brought down the protection spell, that was let it. the vampires in, Amy yeah. was able to force her out. So I guess this is revenge for Mrs. Lansbury. Yeah, I'm wondering if maybe she can't affect Amy directly, so she just, the only thing she can do is sort of torment Amy. Yeah, or maybe Mrs. Lansbury is somehow letting Amy know that she's messing with MC. Mm. Or something because she wanted revenge against him mm. uh, because it's not actually the old lady Mrs. Lansbury it's yeah. the entity that was in yeah, the house yeah, yeah, in yeah, episode yeah. one of this season so uh, yeah potentially interesting things none of which of them will happen <laughs> the King's Crown public house was beginning to quiet down now and for the King's Crown this meant there were just two people sitting in the corner drinking shandies and talking about the price of cheese so oh, if if you're in a pub you talk about the price of cheese. <laughs> if you're in a hospital, you talk about the price of sausages. And knickers. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> was I really boring back then? I mean, you did go on about the price of cheese <laughs> a lot. Every time we went out Friday night, it was like, wait, how's it going? Yeah. But guys, have you seen the price of Wensleydale? <laughs> Always bitching about your mum's knickers being on the line. <laughs> The James fellow Terry had been talking to earlier, and had now left with his mates to go and watch the latest action film at the cinema, had really inspired the landlord to try again and again to look for a possible treatment for Louise's condition, and he had bought a collection of spell and magic books to study at the bar. Just from down the road, the bookshop down the road, I guess. (laughs) However, much like prior investigation, it was proven futile and Terry was once more losing his patience and concentration for reading sentence after sentence of the useless crap that wasn't getting him any further. He regained inspiration sinking down to another... Wait, what? He re- his regained... In- his regained inspiration sinking down to another... Terry... Another what? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. No. Terry slammed the book his was reading down on the bar and cursed several times. Which is also what I'm going to do after reading that sentence. <laughs> Fuck shit, dick cunt. <laughs> the two drinkers sat in the corner seemed disturbed by this act of aggression and gathered up their belongings to leave. Probably going to go buy some cheese. No, it's too expensive. Oh, damn it. They were discussing this. <laughs> after Terry had watched them exit the pub, he spoke to himself in the empty bar area. Come on, Terry. You've got to find the answer. There's a young woman's life at stake. Get a bloody grip. Just as he finished his sentence, a man walked into the pub. He wore a dark blue pinstripe suit with a black bowler hat and cane. Terry studied the stranger and thought he'd make a great Doctor Who. (laughs) Okay. The stranger casually sat at the bar. 
That's what I think about people. <laughs> you make a really good Doctor Who. <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm sorry to bother you. I just, I'm just on the other side of the room. I couldn't help but notice. You make a really good Doctor Who. <laughs> it's a really bad chat line somewhere, <laughs> isn't it? Good day, sir. What is it you should be getting a grip on? The man asked. Oh, nothing, mate. Oh, can I get you... Are you lost? Terry didn't think a man of the stranger statue would want to drink in this establishment. Not stature, statue. <laughs> well, you know, he's obviously one of the, the uh, blinking, um, weeping angels from oh, Doctor Who. Good there reference. you go, mate. Not when there were many wine bars just a few hundred yards down the road. I would like a sherry, please, barkeep. The stranger said. Terry glanced him once again, <laughs> expecting him to be a demon of some kind, ready to launch an attack. But as he poured the man his glass of sherry, no attack came, and he paid the money he was asked for. It is very quiet in this watering hole today. He's is he 50s. from the 50s? Yeah. <laughs> is he a civil servant, just finished work? Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's like that most days, Terry replied. What a shame. It's quite quaint. Well, that's the way the cookie crumbles, I guess. The landlord laid open another book on the bar and continued to read. What is it you've got there? The stranger asked, interrupting Terry's attempts at searching in vain for a cure. Nothing that would interest you, mate. I wouldn't be so sure of that. I'm very interested in things people search for. Is what makes life so very interesting. And what makes you think I'm looking for something? You said it yourself just before I walked in. You've got to find the answer, were your words? Maybe I did. Terry was becoming a little agitated. What's it to you? We happen to have an acquaintance. Not a gentleman I particularly like, but a fascinating man nonetheless. He's the reason I'm here, in fact. Thinking he might know just whom the individual the stranger was referring to, Terry reached under the bar for the trusty bat he kept at arm's reach in case of trouble. You mean MC? Terry said. Oh, who is this mysterious stranger? Mm. And why did... Oh, oh no, do, do you think it's Tannis? I does, wonder. Does Terry know what he looks like? Oh, we have to go back and record all of Tannis' lines? He hasn't said anything about being a gardener or witch doctor <laughs> yet. But is he coming for Terry then? Oh, no, not Terry as well. We've already had Jay oh, no. like, kicked out. But, I mean, he's all right now. He's rich again. But <laughs> not Terry. Anyone but Terry. Take Louise. <laughs> The property hasn't been on the market very long, sir, and I can assure you it won't be available much longer. Our apartments are in high demand. The estate agent, showing Jay around the posh flat in the high market part of London, just off Park Lane, was stiffer than a block of oak wood dipped in cement. Have they got a boner? (laughs) (laughs) They just love houses so much! (laughs) Stiffer than oak wood dipped in cement. (laughs) For fuck's sake. Also, I like that I took what the posh part of London was from the Monopoly board. (laughs) Her hair was pushed back tight, and her clothes stuck to her even closer. Her tone of voice was direct and stern. At one point, Jay thought he might be falling in love with her. Then he saw the apartment. It was the stuff dreams were made of. Jay's dreams, at least. It came fully furnished with leather sofas and chairs, a brand new kitchen and a king-sized bed in a, in the solitary bedroom, complete with ensuite bathroom. Ooh. Mm, very nice. From Park Lane. I wonder if he passed go. <laughs> I think he collected more than £200. Joke. It was better in my head. It's a good joke, though, because in Monopoly board he collected £200 and then he got lots of money. Ah. I'm sorry for interrupting you. <laughs> I was like, I thought of it. I was like, oh, I'll let it go. It's like, no, I want to say it. 
Continue. Thank you for contributing, MC. (laughs) (laughs) The walls that separated the kitchen from the living room were thick, polished glass. The floors were laminated that ran through the entire flat. Ooh, laminate floors. (laughs) Ooh, glass walls. I love that you think that, but then you thought laminate floors were posh. Yeah. Yeah, I did. It was just earth. <laughs> Where I grew up, it was just mud. All the floors were mud. Bit of stray on special occasions. On Christmas, we used the skin of a dead rat we found. Uh, are you done with your snobby attitude now? Yeah. Okay, good. I missed that I grew up with complete laminate floors and glass walls. <laughs> The walls that separated the kitchen from the living room were thick, polished glass. The floors were laminate that ran through the entire flat. The view from the huge living room window looked out on an exclusive boating club on the River Thames. You put Times. Oh, sorry, River Times. <laughs> it's like the more exclusive version of the, ta- the Thames. <laughs> we couldn't get the copyright for it. <laughs> Jay wandered around the flat, his eyes glazed, like a 13-year-old boy being pulled into a pornog- pornographic magazine. Being pulled into it, literally. Yeah, yeah. like that um, Aha video for Take On Me. Can't remember it. Yeah, pop culture reference from the 80s. Jay never thought he'd be able to live like this again, in complete luxury. That'd be the laminate floors. He was wearing a brand new suit and had managed to grab a shower at an elite Roman bathhouse. What? I don't know. <laughs> like literally a Roman one. <laughs> he went back in time. <laughs> He felt a million dollars, which was in fact less than he was currently worth. The money appearing in his account was a mystery, but right now, Jay's thoughts were a million miles away from the reason he was living the high life again. Didn't the money from that toaster's finally come in? <laughs> is that what it is? Amazing. <laughs> oh wow, well done. Uh, what a callback. I know. Well, Mr. Bowden, does this fit your needs? Oh, very much so, Jay replied. Excellent. I'll phone the office and inform them. The deposit will be £4,000. Cash, okay? Jay reached for the inside pocket of his suit and pulled out a wad of cash that Bill Gates would have been jealous of. Well, except Bill Gates was Mr Johnson, so I don't think he would have been jealous of that. (laughs) The estate agent eyed the money, and then Jay, in a very similar manner. That'd be great. She smiled, untying her hair, letting it hang down on her shoulders. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen the bedroom yet? She moved close to Jay. Oh, wow. <laughs> he has fallen into a porn magazine. Yeah, <laughs> Within a few minutes, the king-sized bed of Jay's new apartment was being christened in a very unholy way. <laughs> <laughs> Bunch of goat's blood all over it. <laughs> Sins of the flesh. They're not even married. <laughs> no, it is a sin, though, because Jay is cheating on Gav. <laughs> How could you, Jay? <laughs> you were so good oh, together. Oh, all the stands are going to be so mad at us. <laughs> oh, it's fine. Gav is into being cucked. <laughs> it's probably for the best. He's only 15. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. The law we have. <laughs> it should be illegal. Oh. Within a few minutes, the king-sized bed of Jay's new apartment was being christened in a very unholy way. Sorry, I still can't read that without laughing. Another few minutes passed, and it was all over. Jay lay back with a feeling of satisfaction, a huge smile on his face. Is this some dream he's having? Is he, like, passed out in an alleyway? 
<laughs> dying. <laughs> no, let's not ruin it. Come on. Jay's finally happy. He's rich and he's had sex. What more do people want? <laughs> he's got laminate floors, all right? <laughs> he's living his best life. Looking out over the river times. <laughs> Lying in her bed, the ways he had been for days now, Louise still didn't talk nor move. Wait, lying in her bed the way he had been for days. I'm assuming you mean she. Okay. Still by her side was Gav. He had moved about as much as she had lately, and it was beginning to get to him. A cure had to be found soon, otherwise Louise would not make it. The thought of sleep was more pleasurable than that thought, so Gav rested his head on the side of the bed and held Louise's hand as he drifted off to the land of Nod. (laughs) I had to ruin it in that last one. It's quite a sweet moment. And it's like, Gav is now on the train. Choo-choo. The sleepy veil. Well, he is a child, I guess. <laughs> Mrs. Lansbury didn't appear to have a set flight plan. She just kept spinning around and around, occasionally ducking down, flying right over Amy's cot and coming in close contact to the baby. Her laughs became manic, like she was about to cough up her entire spleen and half her organs. She's a ghost. Does she have a spleen and organs? A ghost spleen? Ghost organs? <laughs> the laughter was so demented that any human soul who would be unlucky enough to overhear would be instantly driven mad. Mrs. Lansbury's ghostly white face slowly morphed into an unrecognisable skull with black, heartless eyes that... Wait, heart, eyes don't have hearts. What? <laughs> She's a ghost. She, she coughs up her spleen and she has hearts in her eyes. It's just ghost anatomy. <laughs> Mrs. Lansbury's ghostly white face slowly morphed into an unrecognisable skull with black, heartless eyes that burned a hole through the pits of any living person. Her flight became quicker and quicker her laughing deeper and coarse, and the old lady's hands began to glow a bright yellow light. This quickly turned into red blood that dripped from her withered fingers and dropped onto the carpet below, instantly evaporating into nothing. Is this scary or just shit? Um, <laughs> it's... it's, it's... If it, if this was done well in the film or something, I think it would be... Yeah, it would be, it would be spooky. It would be like... 90s spooky. Yeah, like, like a poltergeist or something. Yeah. Uh, I, I get what I'm trying to do. Like, turn yeah. into this more demonic form mm-hmm. to scare the shit out of Amy some more. Mm-hmm. And yeah. While this happened, all little Amy could do was wave her hands frantically in front of her and continue her tears. Gradually, those tears and the cries of fear began to calm. Her arms dropped to her side and she became calm, like a normal, healthy baby. Mrs. Lansbury slowed her flight and hovered just above the cot, looking at the child. A dazzling blue light started to form around Amy, engulfing her small frame, and without warning, burst from her body and drowned Mrs. Lansbury in the light. The ghost let out a hellish scream of pain. And started to writhe as if she was having a heart attack. The heart's in her eyes. <laughs> this isn't over, child! She managed to form words before bolting through the wall of the bedroom. Silence overcame the room as the blue light dissolved into a nothing mist. Amy once again started to cry, gently this time, weeping. Is Amy gaining control of her angelic powers? Maybe. Was she given a boost from, like, the other 
heavens or something, mystical yeah. good beings. Like, uh. Dom came along. Oh, Tifa. Oh. Yeah, Tifa's like, <laughs> she's trying to navigate down to earth. <laughs> but she's like, which way is down? <laughs> oh, it's been a while since we've had a Tifa's dumb joke. Um, but yeah, she seems to have bested Mrs. Lansbury again. For once, for for, for now, anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, I mean, Mrs. Lansbury again saying, this, this isn't is over. over. Yeah. How do you know, MC? Terry asked the stranger, his hands clasped around the bat underneath the bar. We're pretty new acquaintances. I'm not even sure with that, to be honest. How would you describe your relationship? Weak. Terry clutched the bat harder, taking aim at the stranger's head, looking for any sudden movement. But it's about to improve. At least it should. Tell the ninja there's a demon clan that lives in a rubbish yard in the tooting area called Soil Caps. Good, we're back to demons with weird names. Bit of Have we got a mysterious figure that tells them everything? Yeah. Nasty breed, but nonetheless, their blood carries healing qualities. Mystical healing qualities. That's why magic is useless on them. They're no pushovers, but once you have a bowl of their blood, it'll heal any supernatural illness. Uh, uh, wait, <laughs> Shino Khan? <laughs> 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 Who is this exposition about? Terry's going to be really upset. This is his job. <laughs> And of course, there just happens to be a demon who just happens to have blood with healing properties. That lives in London. <laughs> Called Soil Caps. <laughs> of course, of course there is. Terry looked up at the stranger, perplexed. What? Oi! How would you know that? The stranger finished off his sherry and got up off his seat. Only someone who knows everything <gasps> could tell you that. The stranger winked at Terry, and then there was a burst of speed, and he had seemingly disappeared out of the door to the King's Crown pub. And then he's like, but you will have to choke me. (laughs) (laughs) Daddy. Terry nodded, understanding just who the stranger was. Then he ran for the telephone and dialed a number. So, whatever their name was, the Inca, Inca, yeah. doing, doing the gang of solid. Is this? Do they have ulterior motives? Well, I don't know. I feel like it was almost like even in the score because it was Inca who sent MC and the gang off to find the armor fern. Sure. And then obviously that has led to Louise being quite ill. Yeah. So I wonder if Inca is just trying to right the wrong in some way. I mean, she's a demon who likes being choked. So no, but you added that in though, didn't you? No, she loves a choke wank. <laughs> You know what? I'm I'm shaming people for choke wanking. Good. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> I quite like that though. Like I was kind of wondering who this mysterious stranger was, and it's kind of because we mentioned, you know, when Inca disappeared, like would well she or it be mm-hmm. back? And then yeah, they have. They come back, and, and uh, it does. It it works. It's not like yet another. It. I mean, it is a sort of Deus Ex Machina, but like, it's an established one, and it's yeah. not an ongoing thing. Hopefully, hopefully, I think that's hopefully that's it now. Yeah, you know, like they came back, they righted their wrong or what they yeah. did wrong, yeah, and then yeah, yeah. because you know what I think we said before, like the overpower of knowing everything is a bit much. Yeah, you know, and yeah. uh, I mean, we did kind of retcon it slightly in that it, I think it was said that they only knew as it was now, so the information they give, they wouldn't know if oh, it was changed sure, sure. or because that's how they didn't know the armour was cursed. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, Inca, yeah, well done. Mm. MC could barely hear the phone for the bed and breakfast ringing above the cries of his daughter. He managed to answer it in time. Hello? What? Terry? Is that you? You have to speak up, I can't hear you. No, what? A cure? For... 
Louise! A, a what, demon? Look, come over. Talk to me then. Yes, it's great news. Thank you. MC hung up the phone and thought about the news for a minute. <laughs> Terry had been so excited on the phone, and it sounded like he had been successful in finding a treatment for Louise. It was the best news he had. MC's trails... MC's trails of thoughts were, not for the first time that day, interrupted by his daughter. Ooh, sentence structure. The screaming had been going on and on and... For God's sake, Amy, shut the hell up! MC yelled, completely livid. This is why I don't want kids. <laughs> this is why you're not allowed kids. <laughs> he stared directly at his daughter, her red puffy eyes staring right back at him. He cries, stopped immediately, and there was a silence once again. She didn't blink. Not once. MC's face of fury fell, and he looked down at the ground. I'm so sorry, Amy. He left the reception R and walked upstairs until he reached his bedroom. He gently put Amy down in her cot and walked away, his shoulder hunched. Just one of them. <laughs> Leaving the room, MC locked the door. He was out of earshot to hear a tiny voice call out to him. Dada! And that's the end of Searching, part two. Well, what do we think of that episode, MC? Woof. Well, I mean, it makes sense that Amy was going to develop super fast because of the whole angel thing. Yeah. But the pregnancy happened fast and yes. all that stuff. Yep. Um, so, yes, uh, maybe Amy will be able to tell MC that he's a shit dad. <laughs> Dada, you suck. <laughs> Dada, I want to be adopted. <laughs> but we've had uh, Amy's first words. Yeah. In some ways, like, mm. there was some plot development in this. Like, it looks mm. like we're going to get Louise fully healed now. Yeah. Um, Jay has got a thing going on with all his money. Yeah. Um, which, I, in a way, I'm pleased about, depending on how it goes, because yeah. it's not massively depressing again. Yeah. But still kind of treading water, I in a think, sense. I mean, with Jay, anyway, I think it's going to be a thing. Something vaguely bad is money thing. Mm. You know, there'll be something bad. It's, it's given to him for nefarious purposes. Yeah. And then he loses money, and then he's back with the gang again, and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, well, hopefully. He'll be back to the status quo. <laughs> yeah, probably. And MC won't apologise. <laughs> but we've been kind of doing this thing where we just we checked in with Gavin Louise a few times, and it was yeah. like, there was no progression there. Yeah. Uh, and then the thing, like obviously Amy's got a bit more powerful, but like MC seems to feel a bit guilt, but it seems like his guilt is centered around the fact that he's a bad dad. Yeah. Because now he's just locked her in a room. It's not just leaving her a room; he's actually <laughs> locked her in it. She's a baby; she can't open the door. It's not going to drown the sound out even I mean, more. Presumably to protect her from anyone else coming in. But no, like... it's not that, is it? <laughs> it's just emphasis on how much of a shit daddy is. <laughs> And we're still, like, we're come rapidly coming towards the end of the season and we don't really have a clear way of where we're going. Like, obviously, Louise is going to get better. Mm. Jay is going to be a bit rich. And then Tannis is going to come back at some point. Is this one of those things where you 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 originally planned to set up for the next season? It could be. It could be that. I think also, in some ways, it's like, you know, like um, TV with large casts, they kind of have those so they have more stories to tell yeah. within the show. And it's almost like everyone's got their own thing going on right now. In a way, like a lot of it's connected to Louise with Gav and Terry. Yeah. But Jay's doing his own thing. MC's got his thing with Amy as well. Yeah. There's Mrs. Lansbury over here. There's Tannis yeah, over yeah. here. Possibly Grant Maloney as well or whatever that is. But yeah. um, it just seems to be a lot of things going on, but there's not a clear path to where we're headed. Yeah. Which is a bit of a shame. Yeah. Like, I get what I was trying to do, but I, I, I don't think it worked. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? 
No, agreed, agreed. It's, it, it, it feels kind of messy. It feels kind of uh, just it, it, just treading water, like you said. Yeah, you it's know. a bit lost, yeah. I think. I yeah. think it's not no clear direction. And that's a shame, because it was always nice to know, oh, here's the one. It's mm-hmm. a big horrible chip. Or mm-hmm. like, oh, Chip's evil, got to stop him. Mm-hmm. Or like, here's Jack and Lee. Like, there was always something, you know? No, it's like, there's a baby crying a lot. Yep, yeah. oh, they beat the ghost again. Oh, the Gavi's still sad about Louise. Oh, Terry's also making paninis. What's going on? I just want to know what's happening between Gav and Jay. <laughs> well, that's that's between them and these king-sized beds. <laughs> Should we see what next week's episode is called? Let's see that. Next week's episode is called Pressure. Cool. <laughs> yep, another word. <laughs> well, if you've got any theories as to uh, where Jay's money has all suddenly come mm-hmm. from, yep, mm-hmm. pick that one out of the bag just in time. Did you know there's numerous ways in which you can get in touch? You can find us on Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash Podcast, And we're on Twitter at HowIRippedOff. And you can find your entire back catalogue on SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher Radio and iTunes. So many platforms. I know, I normally always seem to forget them every week and they're in a different order, but hey, that's because I'm like jazz. We're also on Napster. <laughs> Uh, if you want to uh, tell us about your uh, Jay and Gav fanfiction, <laughs> uh, send it to us in the form of a review. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, write a review that is also Jay and Gav fanfiction. <laughs> Leave us five stars for how erotic it is. <laughs> <laughs>